Hey everybody, welcome to The Boy in the Beard, season two, episode six. Yeah, episode we, uh, we kind of messed that up last, last, last week. We were um, in the right ballpark. We fair. were, we were, we were. I'm excited. Today we've got Doc in from J. Lee Coney's, yep. and uh, what I'm excited about is, is two things. One, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know anything about you, so I'm excited to learn you, your story, what you think about the restaurant business. Yeah, and maybe hear a crazy story or two that you've got to share. And, and Tony and I got a little bit of experience in the restaurant business, so I'll be I've to share some with you as well. Absolutely. Uh, so Jay Lee Coney's is located in the um, what's the name of that shopping center um, officially? Beaufort Town Center. Beaufort Town Center. That's right. Owned by Three Hundred Three Associates. Great location. Great corner spot. It could be better. I could be off the street. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think they're reinvesting a lot of money into that area. They are. And I know they're doing a lot of advertising for the for the vendors and for their tenants. Absolutely. And that, so it's, it's good to see Mr. Dick Stewart putting money back into uh, some of that stuff. When did you guys open? Uh, we opened April 19th of 2021, uh, dead smack in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how scary was that? Oh, it was really scary, but the scary part was more because it seemed like I was going against family and friends. Okay. Uh, so many people were adamant that I did not open a restaurant, uh, not only a restaurant, but start a new business venture in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, there was so much going on, and I don't know how far we're going to go into <laughs> that, but I mean, it, there was a lot going on at the time. So for us to open a restaurant, for my wife to back me on opening a restaurant, uh, that's with everything that we had going on, it, it yeah. got pretty chaotic. Yeah, and there are obviously some trials and tribulations in the first couple months. Uh, and I know that I remember some running out of product because you don't know what to stock, right? Yeah. Because you don't have anything to go off of last year's numbers, and, and you don't know what how everybody's going to react. Well, the crazy part is, so I have no entrepreneurial experience at all. Uh, I've worked at Wendy's before. Uh, that was actually my first on the on the check job, uh, okay. on payroll job. But aside from that, restaurants were like, okay, I got a little bit of Wendy's experience for restaurants. I have a lot of managerial experience for uh, when I worked for a company. I'm not sure if I can say their name. <laughs> <laughs> but I worked for a uniform company. Got let's it. put it like that. Uh, and I had a lot of managerial experience with them. And to go into a owning a restaurant, it's like, oh, okay, I'll just buy a bunch of food. I know I can cook. Uh, that was another crazy thing. When we first opened, uh, there was a point where we had to close for a couple of days because everything that could go wrong went wrong. I mean, we're talking about uh, the POS went down. The, the team didn't know how to boot it back up. The receipt printer ran out of receipt printer tape, yep. uh, so we weren't getting orders to the back. Oof. So they had to write all of the orders down and bring them back there to us. Uh, the internet went down. We couldn't figure out why the internet stopped working, so the whole POS was just Looking not out. taking orders. Yeah. Uh, it, it got really, 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 really crazy during those first couple of months. And that's, you know, that's, I think with any new business, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, fortunately, you bounced back. You didn't really take any, any major crazy hits. You guys are doing extremely well. Yes. I know uh, folks on Facebook love you. <laughs> Thank God. Um, <laughs> so it, it was, it, honestly, I can only call it a miracle. Because when you take a 
a guy from the north, bring him to the south, and try to implement a northern concept down here, it's like, okay, how are people going to receive this? Right. It's, it's crazy how many people showed up because I had accountants and people that were helping me create the business plan, and they're saying, well, you're going to have a slow start to begin with. And I was, I was expecting a slow start. We opened day one, and it seemed like everyone in Beaufort was, was there. there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, there's one thing that I challenged my team to, uh, and now it, it doesn't matter because we make cheesecakes on a regular basis, but I make a really killer cheesecake. Yeah. And I told my team, if we ever have a $2,000 day again, I'll make a cheesecake. Well, the only day we had, we opened April 19th, the only day we had a $2,000 day was April 31st. Wow. And we were from open to close, just consistent chaos. Yeah. And I was the only cook. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know how we hit $2,000. I don't know how people didn't leave. I'm pretty sure the wait ticket was about an hour. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But everybody wanted to try the new spot in town and yep. then we got dragged through the mud on the internet and i was like okay we have to change this yeah, yeah yeah it's tough so i think well the fact that you're a small business makes the world a difference not that the expectations are a little bit different but they're more forgiving and understanding because of the fact that you are a small business yeah. and you struggle with learning certain things and granted they may not know your back history but they do know you're a small business yeah uh, if you're a corporate then there's you know you run out of burgers at one they know you have a safety net when you're when you're corporate or right. like more resources behind you yeah. your franchise yeah when did you move to Beaufort uh, we moved to Beaufort January of 2021 uh, we moved from Greenville South Carolina uh, I was initially looking at opening Jay Lee's Coney Island and Clemson okay uh, and several things came about uh, again I don't know how spiritual you guys are. I'm very spiritual, yeah. so I try to tone it down a little bit. But uh, no, feel when it free comes be, to it, just be yourself. Yeah. I mean, the truth of the matter is, it was all God led. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole opening a business was all God led. Um, but to fast forward through some of it, um, when it came to opening in Clemson, there were just some things, and I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, and God's like, no, that's not it. Even though it seemed very ideal. I mean, there was a corner spot right off a of main road. Uh, right underneath student housing, ideal spot, and God's like, nah, that's not it. Yeah. So we had to walk away from that, and then we were like, okay, we found another spot that was downtown Greenville on Main Street. Mm. I mean, you're talking about foot traffic galore, and God's like, mm, look a little further south. <laughs> and it came in the voice of my aunt who said, uh, have you guys thought about opening in Buford? And meanwhile, I have a contract that's getting ready oh, to happen in Greenville. Yeah. And she, I'm like, I don't know anything about Buford. And my wife chimes in. Of course, she always chimes in. She's like, you didn't know anything about Clemson or Greenville either, but you did the research. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I don't want any problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we eventually looked into it, and I said, okay, well, if God's not there, I'm not going, period. Um, kind of a whole fire by day or cloud by day, fire by night type deal. And... We came down here, we only looked at two spots. We looked at the spot right next to student housing because I still had Clemson in mind. Yeah. Um, the one that used to be the sand shark tank? Yes. Right there in the corner? Yeah. And I said, you know what, this isn't, this isn't gonna work. It didn't have a walk-in cooler. Right. I would have had to have one built, yeah. uh, essentially. And then I'm like, okay, I'm losing storage space, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, okay, let's look at the other place. And we walked into the place that we are now 
and it was almost like a weird piece. It was like your home. I was like, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> this perfect. is it. Yeah. What was there before? Um, we, my wife and I, we had just had lunch there the other, actually, oh, maybe last Sunday or something. Mm-hmm. We went in there. It was closer to the end of the, end of the day. And uh, we were trying to think what was there before you. Do you know? Uh, so before us was Clean Eats. Uh, I knew that. Hence and... the orange and green bathrooms. Oh, yeah. Because I yeah. got really lazy yeah. and didn't want to paint again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then before Clean Eats, evidently there was a donut shop that lasted all of four or five months. Really? Interesting. Which was scary because Clean Eats, they said, lasted for about a year. And I'm like, yeah. this isn't really good. Well, <laughs> the concept makes a huge difference. Yes. And, yeah. and people that manage it. And then, you know. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that it's a world of difference. Uh, nothing against them. I didn't know anything about them or anything no, like that. Absolutely. So I'm not making any, any insinuations on them as, as, as a person. If you hear this, please yeah. don't comment. <laughs> yeah, I, that's not, I don't do clean eats. Yeah. It's not my thing. Well, what was it? Like a healthy uh, food? Yeah, I think they prepped a meal at daily meals. Rabbit food. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, food, yeah, I got yeah. you. Some yeah. quinoa, some yeah. asparagus. Yeah. No hearty not, uh, chili not dogs. Not Actually, my yeah. wife has to fight me to eat vegetables. Mine too. <laughs> So there was some explanation of Jay Lee Coney's because it's more explained to those that don't know up north how frequent these are and, and how they're different because it's a different name, correct? Yes. Uh, so a lot of people associate Coney Island with New York, but uh, if you ever get the opportunity to Google map or do research, whatever the case may be, Coney Island is almost like a lifestyle in Detroit. The concept of a Coney Island is being able to go to a place and get something that's going to be filling for uh, not a lot of money. Because, of course, everybody in Detroit, for the most part, is not exactly uh, affluent when it comes to finances. Uh, And I wanted to bring that with me. Uh, I remember going up to Detroit and having a conversation with my dad, and I said, we don't have anything like this in South Carolina. And he was like, well, you should make it. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, and um, so the concept of Coney Island is really the premise of a place where the rookie cop, the mother, single mother of four or single parent of four, because it can go either way nowadays, um, with children that can't necessarily decide on one place to eat where they can all go and have whatever they want all under one roof for a fair amount of money without killing the bank. Right. Um, I remember this one family that initially was coming in for a very long time. I think they were military. Um, Three kids, wife, husband, and they would come in and the kid would get a cheese quesadilla, another kid would get a... grilled cheese sandwich, which was strange to me because they're essentially the same thing. Yeah, Yeah, just got thinner bread on one. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And then the dad would get a stir fry, the wife would get breakfast, and then the baby would just eat fries. Where else in America can you do that other than, you know, essentially a Coney Island? Uh, And and people from New York are like, oh, are these foot-long dogs? Are these Coney Island dogs? And I'm like, no, they're Detroit Coney's. You have to realize the the concept of Coney Island, it is almost universal now, and it's bridging two worlds. Got it. Are you from Detroit? Born and raised. Born and raised. <laughs> My wife and I were up there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> First trip to Detroit, 
and uh, you know just kind of downtown and, and had some good pizza and you know the Tigers Stadium we were right there hanging out and of course had to ride down eight mile and oh yeah. How many strip clubs did you see? None. Oh. Uh, well, well, I had the blinders on. You know, okay. when, she, when she's next to me. I was about to, me, to say, seeing none know. on eight mile, that's yeah. insane. <laughs> um, I was driving, and so you know, my focus was kind of you know on ahead of me. I uh, you. I and plus, you. you know, she's on the right, so I'm, you know, ten and two. Exactly. Uh, you know, I don't want to get in trouble either. All right, I respect you know what I'm saying. Um, so I didn't we love go to a sissy. <laughs> yeah. No, so oh, we, we enjoyed it. I mean, you know, the country. You know, it's hardship for sure visually it's uh, distraught and to see and to know that it was once a thriving community um, on both sides of the playing field for for economic reasons and so it, it's interesting uh, just to talk about Detroit for a minute because what you saw and what a lot of people see as a impoverished community that's how it's kind of always been yeah. uh, for us whether it was financially everybody was making fi- making ends meet, you know, working at the different plants, whether it was General Motors, Ford, et cetera, um, or Chrysler at the time, um, all of these places still look the same. The communities all look the same. It, it's strange how so many people started getting attention to what Detroit was, um, after all of the you know, crooked mayor and the city files for bankruptcy and America's largest city to ever file for bankruptcy. And it's like, we've always, <laughs> we've always experienced this. And it was never a bad thing. Right. It, specifically for people living in the city. I mean, even when it comes to the racial divide, I didn't experience racism until I left the city, which was crazy to me. You know, because in the city, it's like, okay, you have white people, you have black people, you have Indian, you have Mexican, and they all live in their certain quadrants, but we could all coexist because we understand that we're all struggling together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly right. Yeah, that one um, coming. But then I got to, when I got to college, uh, and no offense to uh, the state of Ohio, but I went to school in Ohio, and that's my first time ever experiencing racism. Right. And it was like, holy crap, wait a minute. Yeah. You got maybe two more pennies than I do, literally. Yeah. Just two pennies. Um, and you're better than me. How? <laughs> but. Yeah, it's... it's. I grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, actually, I know exactly where that is. Actually outside a, little, uh, a couple different places. But living in rent-controlled housing and, and being on food stamps and telling my friends, hey, look what I found. Yeah. You know, going to the gas station or going to Kroger or where I had to go to get something, you know, you're a little embarrassed to say that you had those. Buy a pair of shoes, get another pair for a penny. Back in the day, uh, at one point we had lived in a trailer, in a, in a trailer park, and there was no grass. And um, literally it was just like a, like they just plowed some that Carolina dirt. And yeah. uh, the heat was the oven. <laughs> Turn the stove on, open that door, you know what I mean? We and it heats the whole oh, house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and that's, I think, where kind of my work ethic comes from is, is understanding where, I, where I've been and then not wanting to be in that place again. So it's, you know, I think everybody's got some of those challenges. And so I'm excited that you're here and I'm excited you're doing it extremely well. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and that the public loves you and... Um, but no, um, we are doing very well, a lot better than I would have ever expected. Yeah. Um, 
and a lot of that is attributed to the communities embracing uh, this Yankee. <laughs> oh, and it was mind blowing uh, because a lot of people when they first came in they said, "Oh, I thought you guys just did dogs," and I do a terrible job oh, yeah, at advertising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when they come in and they see the menu in full they kind of get taken aback. Right. And they look at it and they're like, okay, uh, I, want, I thought I wanted a hot dog. Right, right, for sure. <laughs> but I, I see breakfast all day. I see burgers. I see, there's a Mexican food restaurant down the road, but they still have the nerve to have quesadillas <laughs> on me. Um, <clears throat> like, what's going on here? And and my favorite question all, is every time, hey, what's your favorite, what's your favorite thing on the menu? Hmm. Because I don't look like a business owner. <laughs> so if I'm at the firm register, and right, right, they're just like, hey, what's your, what's your favorite thing on the menu? And yeah. I'm like, uh, well, the truth of the matter is, I'm simple. I like French toast. Yeah. <laughs> and they always go, oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm going to get the Reuben. <laughs> um, my, yeah, my wife was taking it back because I had brought something home for her before. And this is her first time in the in the location, and seeing the menu, and, and she overlooked the uh, patty melt after we had already ordered, and uh, so definitely coming and making a trip back to get that patty melt because that's what she's. So what's been the biggest challenge for you since you opened? So let's talk about before you opened. What was you what what was your biggest challenge getting the restaurant open? Before I opened, the biggest challenge for me was figuring out how I was going to do it. Um, A little bit of backstory, and then I'm going to dive right into it. So be prepared for the <laughs> swan dive. Uh, uh, I was let go from that uniform company after working five years with them. I was one of their top sales reps um, in new business. But I get why they had to let me go. Um, if I was to be able to continue to sell at that rate, and the commissions were insane, yeah. um, then they wouldn't really be able to pay me. So they let, from my understanding, they let go a lot of their top sales reps. And they kept a lot of the uh, tier two, tier three, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Not to say anything about those guys, but it's just the top sales reps were the ones that were the money pits. And um, so when they let me go, I was sitting there like, I don't have any money coming in. I started, I took a job at Lowe's. Right. um, And shout out to Lowe's because they... I mean, every couple of weeks or every four weeks or whatever, the CEO of Lowe's would say, hey, we hit our quarterly earnings. We blew it out the water, obviously, because a lot of people got laid off and a lot of these honey-do lists had to be done. Um, <laughs> and they would throw like an extra $200 to the full-time employees, an extra 150 to part-time employees. So they helped carry the family for a very long time. And meanwhile, I'm telling my wife, hey, God wants me to open this restaurant. God wants me to open this restaurant. And she's like, okay, I got you. Meanwhile, she's eight months pregnant. Oof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the struggle was figuring out where the money was going to come from. And I remember uh, watching a pastor online, uh, Pastor Michael Todd of Transformation Church. He said, all you have is all you need. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have a lot. Yeah. And I hear, you know, Holy Spirit tells me, hey, you got your 401k. No, I don't. <laughs> that is a no touch. Yeah. Uh, but since I started working with the company for five years, from the first day, 
I put 15% of my oh, nice. check into my 401k. Yeah. And it was like that for five years. So when, I, when they let me go, I had like 60 grand. Right, right, for sure. Just sitting there. And I was like, okay, well, let me talk to a bank. <laughs> <laughs> and banks were like, we're not funding any startups. If you want to start a uh, chain, sure. But we're not funding any startups. I mean, SBA loans, out the wazoo. Yep. Not touching startups. Hmm. I'm like, okay. I was like, well, what if SBA says yes? It was like, but the bank has the final say. No. I was like, oh, that's comforting. All right. But so I ended up um, taking my 401k and putting it into an IRA, and then I took half of it. Got it. And that's how Jay Lee's got started. Excellent. So now, since you've been open, what's your biggest challenge? Is it staffing? Is it food cost? Profits? Really, it's food costs. Staffing, our team is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't ask for a better team. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready to bring one other person on, but because of our reputation in the community, everybody wants to work with us. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny crazy. how it works. I, I'm, I'm mind blown, again, how many people keep coming and saying, hey, are you guys hiring? And for one reason or another, I have to say, hey, I, I, I don't want to do that to you. Um, one reason that I get is high schoolers. Yep. I, I can only work them after they get out to 8 o'clock, according to South Carolina state right. law. And then another reason may be, hey, I work here, and then I'll work at Jay Lee's during this time. And I'm like, you're going to burn yourself out. Yeah. I did it for years. Um, in undergrad, I had three jobs. I had a full-time off-campus, I had a tutoring job, and then I worked full-time on campus. Meanwhile, while holding down 18 credit hours, it sounded great. I made the most money I ever made in my life while I was an undergrad, but... It's pointless. Burn yourself out. Yeah. <clears throat> so I tell them, hey, um, I would love to give you part-time hours, but it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing is food costs. With this, uh, whether it's shipping costs or ports or whatever the case is that's going on around the world, um, prices keep going up, and I don't want to do that to my customers. So on the back end, what people don't see is I eat a lot of costs. Um, where most businesses have it already built in. Um, I'm fairly good friends with several restaurant owners now. Who'd have thought? Um, <laughs> they tell me, oh yeah, we we built, uh, we increased the prices and we planned for more inflation. And I'm like, I'm not doing that to my customers. Uh, for the longest, for an example, the Reuben, uh, our brisket costs were give or take four dollars and some change uh, per pound. Okay. Now it's like six dollars and some change per pound. But I'm not increasing the price of my Reuben. Right. Uh, so what I did was I went and found <laughs> I went and found another avenue to get the the brisket from, and now I get it. At instead of four dollars of change, I'm able to get it at three dollars, close to four dollars um, per pound. Got it. Where that makes more sense. Right. I could keep providing quality. I could keep providing um, what people like without having to increase the prices. But if I wasn't the research-oriented person that I am, because I have a computer engineering degree with a minor in nuclear engineering, what I'm doing owning a restaurant? Yeah. I'll just go with that. Um, I have that research mindset I went and found it yeah so that I don't have to do that to my customer yeah. base that's perfect
it sucks, but um, especially since you guys love the restaurant so much. But Jay Lee's Coney Island is a front. It is all the way through and through a front. Um, I came here for the community. Yeah. Um, and you can hear hints of it in the background, but most people, if they don't really pay attention to it, they'll just glance over it. Like, oh, he's talking about the community. No, I'm really here for the heart of the community. Yeah. Um, we give away free Bibles. We are getting ready to adopt a family for the holidays. Uh, we feed the homeless. Um, my main goal right now is to open a uh, women and children's shelter slash women's rehab because everything is so male oriented. Uh, not only that, but I was homeless before. Okay. So uh, that's where the, um, the women and children's shelter has a special place in my heart. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that that's, if anything, that's the only thing that I try to tell people once they have an ear to hear, Jay Lee's Coney Island is the front. It always will be. If I'm not doing anything in the community, I've lost the ability to relate. Yeah, that's fantastic. We've um, we've done a couple donations for Thanksgiving. Like this year, we got two families that were given Thanksgiving dinners for, and Amen. we've done it for like four, the last four to six years, Christmas giving trees, mm -hmm. and you know as much as we can to give back. It's, it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's something In-N-Out was great about, too, is we would adopt a family on Christmas, and then any associate who wanted to go. Yeah. So, like, a week before Christmas, literally, like, 40 people would show up at these yeah. kids' houses with, like, I mean, 100 presents, and we'd just pile them in, throw them on the couch, put them in the room, and we'd just be like, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really great feeling. Oh, uh, Chase Bank did that for, it was, at the time, it was me, my mom, and my brother, uh, and my sister, um, and Chase Bank comes in one morning and we just got out of the shelter. We finally got our own place, but we're all sleeping on like uh, pallets. Yeah. Uh, not pallets. Uh, I forget what they call them, but you pretty much lay a blanket on the floor, lay another blanket I on the floor. I call them a pallet. Yeah, yeah, pallet is what yeah. I would call yeah. them. Yeah. When you uh, said that, I knew exactly what yeah. you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we, were laying, we were sleeping on the floor. We, we just got into this apartment and. We get a knock on the door. We all understand that, you know, Christmas is coming. We're not getting anything. Right. We're just grateful to have a roof over our head. Of course. And we're living in Delaware at the time. Um, and Chase Bank comes in. And they're like, yeah, we, uh, we adopted your family for Christmas. And we know that, you know, I don't even remember writing it. But they said, your son said the only thing that he wanted for the family was a computer. That was just me being selfish. Of course. <laughs> um, but they ended up gifting us a computer, gifting us socks, clothes, wow. underwear, pants, shirts, shoes, and they gave me my first Apple product. I had an iPod Nano. Oh, nice. And I went everywhere with that. Oh, of course. Um, mm -hmm. But it was insane to me how they, out of the kindness of their heart, whether it's mandated by the company or whatever. Regardless. I didn't see that. Yeah, of course. All I saw was these three people that showed up with gifts for our family that didn't think that it was going to happen this year. Yeah. And so one day I'm riding, I, I go get a lot of my groceries from Charleston. And I'm riding to Charleston 
And that is the most boring drive ever. Whoever's in charge hey, of yeah. development needs to do something. As boring as it is now, it used to be even more boring when it was just two lanes. Oh, God. So before it was four lanes, it was always just two. Just like the trip to Savannah, it was the same. It was horrible. I, I would probably, I would, well, how many pennies do I need to donate to get something on that road? Some street lights. <laughs> um, yeah. But going to Charleston, I heard, you know, I did it for you, do it for someone else. I'm like, talking about i'm just listening to my uh to church sermon right and all of a sudden i lose a signal and dead zone and all of that good jazz and i'm like okay i'm listening all right what now (laughs) it's like adopt a family so at that point when i get phone service i pull over and i start recording i say hey family um and i'm telling this to my team i record video to them i said hey family uh we're going to adopt a family this christmas um I was like, now, this is optional for you guys. I'm going to do it regardless because I have to be obedient. (laughs) Um, But uh, I'm going to give you guys a $200 bonus just to say thank you uh, during the Christmas season. Or you could take that money that I was going to give you, put it with mine, and we're going to adopt a family. And almost like clockwork, adopt a family, adopt a family. And I'm like, I knew I picked the right people to hire. And... It was amazing, um, just the the results of that. Yeah, yeah. It, it touches your heart in a different way when you know that you can help somebody, even not even getting the credit for it. You know what I mean? It, I, it's not even about that. I could um, care less about the credit. Yeah, just um, the ability for us to be able to give back when we can, as as often as we can. So, what's your favorite music? <sighs> what's not my favorite music? Uh, I don't like grunge. Okay. That's about as far as it yeah. goes. That's it. Other than that, you're okay. <laughs> like grunge and screamo. Yeah. And just so what's what's there. what's on the uh, the shuffle list now, or what are you playing? Right now, if it's not, uh, I like neo soul. I'm listening to Bach, Beethoven. Uh, I have my workout playlist, which is comprised of hip hop and um, Eminem, because he's in his own category. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a lot of pop. I have a lot of gospel. Tons of gospel. Yeah. Um, R&B. Uh, I'm not too much of a fan of R. Kelly. Never have been. No. Yeah. It's just, and then, and maybe yeah. it was, has something to do with the fact that I was conceived to R. Kelly. I just, <laughs> I'm good there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I like a lot of everything. Yeah. There is very few. I'm weird. I listen to Christmas music when it's not Christmas season. Mm. It just makes you feel a certain way. Yeah, it does. Until Christmas season comes around, I'm like, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> have you, so uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack have Silk Sonic. I have not listened to the entirety of the album yet. For the full, for the four tracks that I have listened yeah. to, uh, amazing, amazing, amazing uh, how it was composed, how it runs together. Tells, uh, tells a story. It does, and and it's it's beautiful. I think we've lost the ability to tell a story in, yeah. in, in its true art form. Yeah. Uh, I listen to a lot of underground music as well. Um, people who are still waiting on that one premiere yeah. shot. Uh, I can't remember her name, but I know her last name is Snow, uh, S-N-O-H. Uh, mm-hmm. She makes a song called, well, I don't know if you've heard it. Listen mm-hmm. to it. It's really good. Okay. I'll give you the name once I yeah. get out here. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, Anderson Pack and first of all, just those two alone, just alone. Mm-hmm. 
you would have never put those two in the same category. No. Not even on a one track, let no. alone an entire album. You know what turned me on Anderson Pack was I was watching a TikTok with uh, Justin Timberlake and Anderson Pack sitting there, and they're just off the cuff grooving or whatever. I'm like, who is this? And I seen the comments, and I said, okay, let me go, let me go see what this is about. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love it. It's crazy. He's been around just as long as J. Cole. Oh, a minute. Yeah, he's been around a minute. And I remember looking at a. It was uh, one of those magazine covers, and he was on the cover with J. Cole and uh, other guys just as freshman class. And yeah. I'm like, this guy is insane. Yeah. Where has he been yeah. this entire yeah. time? Did you ever hear that uh, J. Cole tried to give his mixtape to Jay-Z? And Jay-Z was like... Yes. Uh, I, so, again, I am a big history buff when it comes to music. Yeah. Uh, I remember right around when that happened, uh, Jay-Z was releasing blueprint three and he was or he was working on blueprint three and to know that he jay-z initially said no i'm not gonna <laughs> i don't have time for this could could you imagine jay-z i don't blame jay-z you? right but <laughs> <laughs> like of all people to be rejected by yeah. jay-z yeah. not to put this guy on a pedestal but he's kind of but, a big deal oh yeah for yeah. sure um, now when you now when they see each other jay cole's probably just like but. Yeah, you almost passed up yeah. over, but I'm not going to hold it against you. So you know about, like, Top Dog Entertainment, Black Hippie, yes. Kendrick leaving and all that? I, so that's interesting to me um, because I don't think that was a, uh, a move that Kendrick made to do anything undermining. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, hey, I need to broaden things. Be myself. So do you think he's going to... What do they call it when you just release your own music? What are they, independent. independent. Do you think he's going to go the independent route or sign with another label? I think he probably will go the independent route. Um, I think he can. He he has full capacity. I mean, yeah. between when you look at independent His artists, E40, t- uh, mm-hmm. Tech9, uh, and these are just in the hip-hop genre, mm-hmm. uh, you look at these independent artists that have the capacity to do it. Dude, E40 Kendrick has like 27 studio albums or something. It's Mark, literally insane. And then Tech9 is still dropping music. Still, He just released... Uh, uh, did you hear Clydesdale with uh, E40 and Tech 9 too? That's a great song. I did. Did you know that Tech 9 just released a song with The Rock? Yes. What? The Rock's first. Wait, is that ever... what that rap verse is from? Yes. It's all over oh, yeah, the yeah. internet. Yes. It's from a Tech Face 9 song. Off. It's from that Tech 9. That's hilarious. Album. I had no idea. <laughs> and, but no, these. Yes. I'm sorry. We got sidetracked. <laughs> no, no, no. When it comes to music, I, I absolutely love music. I love music in its truest form. First, you have to have a tempo then you have to have a beat and then you have to have somebody play around with their imagination uh i i think that that is it gets us back to the root of mm-hmm. what art is do you have a favorite producer that you like is it timbaland i mean or the <clears throat> or uh neptunes or i think when it comes to being a producer uh, right now the number one producer i can't help it i i try not to like the guy but his his skill is there uh, is DJ Khaled. I knew Ooh. where you were going. So you said, I try not to like him. I was I like, he's about to DJ Khaled. I mean, every track he's yeah. yelling, but... His producer yeah. tag, I can't. It, yeah. he, he has a skill. He does. Uh, but then you have to look at uh, Marshmello as a producer, yeah. uh, Daft, uh, Daft Punk. Oh, Those yeah. guys are crazy good. Uh, and they've been around for years, years and years and years. Um, uh, Dead Mouth. Uh, mm, I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
My favorite artist. I know I, I'm only I have to say this while it's still on my mind, but my favorite artist is always going to be Fallout Boy. Really? Really? Yes. I didn't anticipate that. I, I am a Fallout Boy fan. That was Fallout Boy for centuries. Time. Am I right? Sit. We're talking about uh, under the oak tree. I mean, you're talking about going back. I, that was the first concert and the only concert I've ever been to. Really? And it was the Fallout Boy and Paramore concert in Chicago, um, a monument tour, and I lost my voice for like four days. <laughs> but those guys. That's funny. I don't know if I've ever. Yeah, I'm sure I've, I know. I I can't. I couldn't name you a Fallout Boy. They song. had some radio hits. But, you would yeah, and I apologize for that. Please it, don't don't, no, don't no, lose no. any respect. No. Um, real quick, just thinking about you're talking about. So did you hear that Adele has changed Spotify? So when you go to Spotify, it's not automatically on shuffle. The albums will play in its entirety from front mm. to back. So Adele made the push because she told a story in her her 30 that just released on the 19th. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. um, so yeah. I've been I've been avoiding Adele's album because I don't feel like crying. Grown, like as a grown man, I should be crying in my car. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's every day with TikTok with my wife. She look at this, look at this, oh, this look at this. Sad <laughs> sentimental stuff. Like, yeah. Holy cow! So if my wife ever hears this, she's probably gonna know. The truth is, I hate TikTok. Um, <laughs> I think there's too many social media sites out there, there and TikTok is just where I drew the line. So she yeah. tries to show me stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yes. I'm like. TikTok symbol? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, so let's jump ahead. To, let's talk about movies. What's? Uh, do you have a favorite genre movie? Is it rom com? Is it action? Or... Oh, I love action. I love comedy. Um, my favorite movie, and it's probably very. Uh, I'm probably stereotyping my entire race. Uh, <laughs> my favorite movie is How High. Oh. I think that. That's the premise the, uh, behind Method it, Man and Red Man and Method, Method Man, Man yeah. yeah. I think the premise behind it of two ordinary guys from the hood yeah. <laughs> going to Harvard and turning it on its head was a very unique uh, right. way to do things. I didn't see How High 2, probably a good thing. Uh, yeah, like House Party 3. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think How High uh, was very key to what we see in the aspirations to turn the table and have a come to the table and have a conversation yeah at the end of the movie i mean even though everybody was completely blazed uh, i mean you had the dean and the the chancellor and these two guys yeah. all having conversation and it's just let's talk versus oh i don't associate with you so i love the movie for that Last night I went to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife. Don't tell me about oh, it. I want to see it. We're, we're, we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Just, I think we were just talking. So Tony's my nephew. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife's nephew. We're all in the by marriage. So we're all in the movies, and we were just talking about. It. So I don't know if it was a Christmas thing that Kelly said or yeah. Thanksgiving. We've got it on on the books. But definitely, I give it definitely. If I had another hand, three thumbs up. Really? Like that okay. is no, that. It, I love Ghostbusters. It was an old. To the original. Was it good? Oh my goodness, it was amazing. So the same, obviously the one with the women, that whole universe is... I didn't, I didn't watch it. We didn't... Nothing yeah, against the ladies. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, of course. But Ghostbusters in full comedy mode yeah. was not doing it for me. Right. Uh, Ghostbusters in partial comedy mode, yeah. of course, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. But in full comedy mode, I couldn't do it. Okay. Yeah. So what, um, other than what, you, do you rank that on one of your favorite movies now? 
Or is there something that you go back to? Not top five, okay. but I will put it in top ten. Okay. Um, Let's go top five. Let's hear that. My top five movies are uh, Fences because oh. that was the first movie me and my wife went to go see together. The one that came out in 2018 with Denzel? That movie she was made, it phenomenal. It made me cry. It made me cry, and I was upset because this was our first date, and she made oh, me yeah, cry on saw, our first yeah, date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, it's all right. But, so Fences, of course, How High, like I just uh, stated, um, I lump all of the Die Hard movies into one. I love Die Hard. Do you want to ask him? Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh, yeah. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Do you consider it a Christmas movie? Absolutely. Good, good, I mean, good, why good, wouldn't good. it be? Yeah, exactly. It takes place during <laughs> Christmas. Christmas is relevant for the plot. There's references to Christmas within the movie. Exactly. What it's more do you Christmas want from me? You put okay. it on during If you it's know, snowing Easter, in the yeah. movie, I would still classify <laughs> it's still Christmas. It's during the winter? Christmas <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Right. Oh, but that leads to my fourth one. Uh, what? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Fourth one would be Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh. That is always going to be a classic. I think uh, Tim Burton probably outdid himself and probably that's where he peaked. Yeah. <laughs> but Nightmare my Before Christmas. That movie. She's obsessed with it. So I naturally love it too because I mean probably a few times she a year my whole life. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean it's, you have to do it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, and then my last my last slot would definitely have to go to Independence Day. Hmm. Only because I can't really justify putting iRobot or I Am Legend before oh. Independence Day. Right. Which is strange. They all be on Are those I. your upper echelon of Will Smith thriller oh, action absolutely. movies? Yeah. Um, but reason being for Independence Day is because my birthday is on July 4th. Oh. And that, it's overrated. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? You want to come hang out with me yeah. for my birthday? No, I got plans. I yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think about that. It's like Christmas. Yeah, exactly. But um, Independence Day, again, I, I wanted to go into the Marines. I wanted okay. to be an aviator. I actually went as far as going to Pensacola, getting my Ooh. NAMI physical. They said I was a perfect fit for the cockpit. I was like, amazing. It was like, okay, you're 220 pounds. We just need you to run three miles in as close to 18 minutes as possible. I was like, I can lift weights. Can we do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but Will Smith was the guy I wanted to be. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Just dragging an alien yeah. body. Yeah, yeah, that movie. No, it's something about it. <clears throat> it was like, because I was, I was young, obviously. When I, so I think it came out the year I was born, I'm pretty sure, 99. So, Thanks for making me feel old. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and, but the alien itself creeped me out. And then Ghostbusters also scared me as a child, like the li the library ghost. Oh, and, my goodness. I mean, that's that was... a very charged film that is... in a lot of regards. So yeah. when I was you five or so, was like, man? <laughs> everything about that. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, I just turned 30. Excellent. Yeah. That's that's why every time someone calls me sir or mister, I'm like, yeah. dude, yeah. I got maybe five years on you. Calm down. <laughs> Yeah, my son will be 27 next month. And, uh, yeah. Just it's crazy. crazy. I, I would have <clears throat> never got that from you. It's my petiteness, and I hate it. I mean, you know, 5'5", <laughs> five, five, 130. Been this way my whole life, and everybody's always thought I was younger. But, yeah, about 49. Yeah, but chicks did beards. So just you obviously like that because you got the wife. And I'm like, come on, man. You yeah. want it here. <laughs> um, so, anything else you want to talk about? Because um, I've got one last question that we always mm. end on. Oh, boy. Um, so... I'm always curious how you guys decided to like get this going. And I'm pretty sure the, your whole team, all of your followers, already know. But honestly, no, me. we haven't. Yeah, we've never discussed the boy in the beard beginnings. SK, I've talked about a little mm -hmm. bit before. Okay. 
So SK, I was in the restaurant business for 23 years, from 91 till 2014. Moved to Buford in January 19th of 1997, my son's second birthday to the day. We opened Something up about that number 19. We opened up Buford Sonic on May 8th of 97. Mm-hmm. And don't ask me how I know these dates <laughs> in my head. It's okay. Hopefully, um, you just remember your anniversary. Yes. <laughs> 072714. Yeah. Um, so, and I was with Sonic Driving, like I said, 23 years. I left in 2014. I started in 91 as a cook and made my way up to a director of operations. I had 14 locations. Nice. So Buford, Bluffton, Ladies Island, Savannah, Hilton Head, Tybee Island, Hinesville, Fitzgerald, and Jessup, and right. a couple within that area. Uh, left there in 2014, worked with a buddy of mine at a sign shop while SK was started. Literally July 4th, we started. Uh, and I had opportunity to buy his sign shop s- seven years ago, six years ago, and then we moved over here put those together, and then uh, SK's kind of grown into, sign shop is maybe a third of what we do anymore. Uh, it's mostly videography, photography, and, and social media management is the bulk of our revenue. Okay. Uh, we have about 150 clients that we handle social media for across the states. Uh, Town of Port Royal, City of Beaufort, Beaufort Regional Chamber, Brody's, KC Mike's. The Visitor Mike's, Center. The Visitor Center. Hey, uh, I know Chris at Brody's. Oh, Chris <laughs> is great. Uh, Foolish Frog. Uh, we do the live Lipson's Gallery, the Gullah Geechee Visitor Center on St. Helena okay. uh, with Reverend Hodges. So we have an eclectic group of clients, mm-hmm. not just one genre specific. And in every year, I have a goal that I set for myself. And 2021 was to do a podcast. So in February, I at the time, I think you were still living with us. Mm. Oh, no, it was, it was no, close to you. Moved, you moved out. We had moved a few months um, before. We had yeah. a space in, my, in the back of my house that we put a table in there and just set it up. Really, if you see where, where we started and where we began, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it is. Even within 10 months or so. Um, and then we had the idea to bring some stuff here and, and do it here. And initially the podcast was about he and I just conversing. We had... My wife would be very pleased that you didn't say conversating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, an actor on from the middle, Atticus yeah. Schaefer out of California. An ABC comedy. We had uh, an influencer out of California as well. We've had a couple of people. Do I always forget about the people we brought in remotely. It season, seems so long ago. Season two, more focused on small business owners, public officials, or public. We've had both mayors on. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and, so, and two sweet macarons. We've had Sugar Bell in last week. Um, Beef Brody out of Bluffton, which owns Tactical Baby Gear. And it's a, it's a baby gear garnered for those that like the military lifestyle. So it's diaper bags and camo. I think I've seen that on Facebook. Yep, yeah. I'm sure you have. <laughs> a fantastic gentleman. Uh, again, started from the bottom and worked his way up to a multi-million dollar company. Uh, so 2021 was a goal for me to do a podcast and then now with us focusing on small business. If I can, if I can get your story to one person or they can see you and if it motivates one person, then I'm happy. Uh, if, I went about this whole interview wrong. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. It's but it's it's you telling your story, absolutely, and folks getting to know you and who you are because everybody's got a story. Every small business owner has a story. There, there's a struggle and all that. So Maybe I actually I, I got two questions actually. So if you were to give any advice to any person starting out in a small business today, what would you give them? Uh, the only advice I would say is don't have a plan B. Um, if 
I'd have had a plan B, there are so many times where I would have turned around and just chosen that. Um, there was a point in starting just writing a business plan. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to drive trucks. I wanted to go back into my engineering field. Uh, and all of that fell through because I was half hard. It was almost like a, uh, I just want to do this to get away from this. Yeah. Um, and I realized that in starting a business, every person that I've talked to, it's you can't have a backup plan. Right. You have to go full throttle into it, give it all of you got. That way, if you fall, you say, hey, I left it all on the field. Yeah. Um, there was nothing withheld. So that's it. That's perfect. Yeah, because if you have a backup plan, then you're not going to try as hard. You know you've got something to fall yeah, back no. on and exactly. to catch you. Uh, that goes with anything, even from relationships to to school. It's not a leap to of life. faith if you yeah. got a big old bungee cord. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so secondly, do you consider yourself successful? Oh, uh, I considered myself successful the first person that took a Bible. Um, after that, everything is excess. Okay. Um, every burger that we sell, every uh, dog that we sell blew my mind when we won best hot dog in a low country. I was like, what is this? Yeah. Um, but I, again, all just a front. <laughs> the minute someone took a Bible, I was like, I did my job. I'm good. <laughs> if we want to lose from here on out, we're good. <laughs> uh, $30,000 invested, but still. Yeah. But yes, I, I consider myself a success. Excellent. Well, Doc, I appreciate it. It's been a great experience. Mm -hmm. I I think we've a friendship. I uh, hopefully to 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 come from this. Absolutely. I, I'm. I want to see more. Uh, I'm. I've already subscribed to the podcast. Okay. I want to see the videos. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So this we'll do both video and audio. So if you're riding, you want to re-listen to it, or you know what I mean. So I, I think my voice sounds yeah. terrible. So. So, uh, Jay Lee Coney's. Go visit them. They're low. What's your physical address? 2121 Boundary Street, Suite 108, right behind the Outback Steakhouse and Bank of America. Yep, right there on the corner spot. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram and Facebook. Somebody's still going to get lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on Instagram and Facebook? Instagram and Facebook. Um, probably should do a lot better on my social media, but again, Terrible at advertising. I'm yeah. a horrible manager. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you guys do a great job. Uh, you got? Do you create the graphics and the small things on there and all that? Yeah. yeah. So we'll have a, a conversation off camera about that. Sounds good. Thanks everybody for watching.